Charles Dickens' father was a pay clerk in a Navy office. Because of financial difficulties, the family moved about until they settled in Camden Town, a poor neighborhood in London, England. Y'all knew where London was, right? Y'all knew it was England, probably, yeah. At the age of 12, Charles worked with working-class men and boys in a factory that handled blacking or shoe polish. While his father was in debtor's prison, the rest of the family moved to live near the prison, leaving Charles to be alone, to live alone. This experience of lonely hardship was the most significant event of his life up to that point. It colored his view of the world and would later be described in a number of his novels. I mentioned last uh, podcast episode that I went through a read-everything-by-Charles-Dickens phase in college. Now I'm going through a podcast about Charles Dickens' everyday type phase. Today's quote comes from Great Expectations. If you recall the novel, Pip grows up impoverished, receives a large sum of money from a generous benefactor, and makes a mess of his life. His financial mess can be attributed to a lack of financial restraint. And I quote, So now, as an infallible way of making little ease, great ease, I began to contract a quantity of debt. little life application here. Apparently, amassing large debts to impress others isn't just a symptom of our times. Dickens, influenced by his difficult childhood, wrote about the dangers of debt accumulation frequently. Now, you know me as the Teaching ELA podcast guy, but in real life, I'm an actual English teacher who supported a family of seven for over a decade on a single income, a teacher's income. You might be thinking, impossible! You must have lived a miserly life. That's not true. Although things were tight during stretches, we have been able to enjoy life. In fact, I quit teaching for two years and traveled with my entire family living in Central America, followed by spending four months in Europe and Northern Africa. And what allowed me to do that? Certainly wasn't the huge teaching salary, I amassed. It was a very adventurous wife and a complete lack of debts. I had no debts at all. So when I quit my job in 2016 and sold everything I owned, all that money was mine. I owed nobody. That brings us to today's topic. We talked about this last episode, too. It's called budgeting. When people tell me that budgets are restricting, I silently scoff, sometimes not so silently, and go through the checklist of all the traveling and experiences I've enjoyed by creating and sticking to a budget as they struggle to make credit card payments and afford the two dozen subscription services they must have. Now, I don't say this to gloat. Okay, maybe a little. But when people say, oh, you're restricting yourself by packing your lunch every day or foregoing an expensive restaurant or driving an older car. And if you don't, and if you don't want to drive an older car, that's up to you. If you want to budget to buy a really nice car, you can do that. Because what budgeting does is it allows you to set your priorities. It's like in the classroom. You set, your, you set the priorities. I want students to learn in the ELA case, you know, citing textual evidence to support analysis. That was, my, that was my priority. So every class, there would be at least one exercise or one assignment that involves citing textual evidence to support analysis. That was my priority because I, I, you only have a certain amount of time. So think of it in in a classroom sense. What is the most important use of your time in the classroom? And you get to determine that 
Now, the, uh, the state you teach in probably has, well, not probably, does have standards they want you to teach. You get to choose which one of those is your top priority, and you can budget your time in class accordingly. Same thing goes for money. What is most important to you? For me and my family, the most important thing was we wanted to travel and have experiences together. So we budgeted. We uh, cut, cut expenses on a lot of things that other people cons- would consider necessary. We didn't. And we were able to set our priorities and put money where our priorities were. That's, that's, that's all budgeting does, really. If your priority is eating out at really nice restaurants, by all means, budget it in. But if your priorities are you want to travel, yet you find yourself spending time at expensive restaurants, which are prohibiting you from doing what you say is your top priority, again, you get to determine your top priority. You need a budget. So budgets are not restricting, they're freeing. They allow you to set your priorities and go get them. So get on a budget. I briefly talked last episode about budgeting being a good money habit. In fact, it would be the one habit you that we, you, I, everyone can establish so that all other money habits are no longer necessary or easier to do. So today I turn to an expert on budgeting and the person I credit more than anyone for helping me obtain a level of financial stability and prosperity that I never dreamed possible. And again, I'm a teacher just like you. I'm a teacher just like you. So this is possible. Let's, let's lose the mindset that we're supposed to be poor and broke because that's bull crap. I know we have a lot of new teachers tuning into the podcast and, and you're going to hear, oh, why'd you become a teacher? You're just going to be broke and poor. That is, that is a bull crap mindset. Just because we're teachers, we are not, we are not destined to be poor. We are not locked into a low standard of living. It's just not true. We've been taught this, we've been ridiculed, and I'm tired of it. You know, I'll have someone, oh, you're a teacher, you must be He's like, no, yeah, I'm a, I'm a teacher, and I have a lot of freaking freedom, and I know how to manage money, and I have a freaking awesome life. So I'm tired of this bullcrap that teachers aren't supposed to prosper, or that we're somehow not motivated by money. That's another thing, and I'm off on a rant. This uh, whole, oh, teachers are so... They're such good people. They don't care about money. Who came up with that? We don't care about money. We're just good people. We'll work extra. We'll work extra because we just love everything. Now, if you want to work extra, I work extra all the time because I want to. But there's a money incentive too. I'm not going to work extra at the expense of earning money. That's dumb. So don't, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to become like Ebenezer Scrooge, speaking of. Charles Dickens, which got us on this topic. But come on, let's drop this. Oh, we're such good people. We just want to help kids. No, no, that's not it. Do I want to help kids? Of course. But I want to be able to financially support my family. So, so drop those two stupid societal beliefs that teachers, I think, sometimes unknowingly propagate, which is A, we're going to be broke. That's bull crap. We don't have to be. It's a choice. And that we're okay with it. I'm not okay with it. I'm not okay with it. I'm not okay with helping your kids while my kids starve and don't get to do anything. <sighs> get so mad about that. I'm a little fired up right now. A little fired up. Anyhow, Jesse. Jesse is the name of the individual 
who has helped me obtain a level of financial prosperity, stability I never dreamt possible. He owns a company called YNAB, YNAB. Uh, he can, you can find Jesse's stuff at youneedabudget.com. I have no f- affiliation with youneedabudget.com other than the fact that I adhere to Jesse's budgeting philosophy. In fact, when I started budgeting in early 2019, it's not a coincidence, by the way, that January 1st of 2019, I was broken and dead up to my eyeballs for a variety of reasons. And then by December 31st of 2019, I had more in savings than I'd had in savings in over 10 years. Guess what I started doing on January 1st, 2019? You got it, budgeting. Doesn't always happen that fast, but it did for me. And I found a podcast, Jesse has a podcast, called You Need a Budget. And I listened to, I think I must listen to like 300 episodes in about a month and a half. I'm a little obsessive, all right? I'm a little obsessive. So here are Jesse's four rules of budgeting. You can find out more. Again, youneedabudget.com or yanab.com or just type in Y-N-A-B. He's got software. I mean, uh, I'm just telling you, again, I, I'm not getting any, I don't even, I've never met Jesse. I'd like to. All I've done, I feel like I know him because I've listened to so many of his podcast episodes. I feel like he's a part of my family because he's helped me out so much, even though I've never met him. I, I, I really doubt Jesse is listening to this since, of course, he's not a school teacher. He drives a Tesla. I know a lot about the man. So if there's no financial incentive for me, pimpynab.com, but I'm going to. If you really, really are serious about getting financially free and prospering, even as a teacher, I would recommend you need a budget.com. Here are his four rules of budgeting. Uh, rule number one, give every dollar a job. That is, you have a finite number of dollars you're getting every month, every two weeks. Whenever it is you get back, get paid every other Friday. It's a finite amount of money. So before that money comes in, I give it a job. Every dollar has a job. Certain amount of dollars go toward utility, go toward bills, cell phone bill, car insurance. A certain amount of money goes to my two children who are in college. More than I would like sometimes, but I tell them, "Look, I budgeted this amount for you, and this this is what." And I encourage them to budget as well. Although I seem to be doing a lot better than they are, probably because I make more money than they do. They are in college. In all fairness, it's a lot easier to budget when you make more money. Just throwing that out there. You already knew that. Give every dollar a job. I have a certain amount that goes toward, uh, we own both our vehicles outright. One of them's a 2007 Chevy Malibu that I picked up for $1,500. The other one's a, a uh, 2018 Kia Sedona. I'm just telling you what cars I drive. So if you see me driving along the road, you can wave to me. In fact, if you see me driving along the road, I'll be shocked because I live on an island in the Caribbean. But I could. Anyhow, but there's a certain amount of money that I get that goes toward buying a new vehicle. In fact, I, uh, $420 a month was what was our most recent car payment. So instead of paying that, I just take I budget that, that money that was already budgeted for a car payment is being budgeted for a future car payment. So when we get off this island in the Caribbean, we'll have that. So give every dollar a job, whatever that job is. Certain amount of that. Uh, I used to have a certain 
uh, depending on what categories you have. You like to eat out, have an eating out category. I have a food category. I give, uh, and I have this whole big <laughs> miscellaneous category because there's all sorts of stuff I always forget I need to buy. So I just plop in a certain amount there. I give every dollar has a job though. They are my employees. My dollars are my employees, not the other way around. Rule number two, embrace true expenses. That is, every six months, I get a cell phone bill. I, I pay my cell phone sometimes a year in advance, sometimes six months. It's not a surprise now because I, my true expenses are, I use Mint Mobile, by the way. Mint Mobile is very good. If, you don't, if you're not an unlimited data kind of person, it comes out to like 23, 22 or $23 a month if I pay it a year in advance, and it comes with 10 gigabytes of data. So I budget that out. So I'm paying $23 a month into my Embrace Your True Expenses. And then when the 12 months is done, the money's already there. It's not like this big whammy at the end, like insurance premiums, things like that. Number three, roll with the punches. Now, you know as well as I do that your car is going to break down sometime within the next two or three years. You're going to need new tires. Maybe the AC goes out. Whatever. Minor repair. You know that the, you know, your dishwasher is going to break at some point. Something's going to happen, right? Braces, whatever. It's calling roll with the punches. Factor that into your budget. So I have a roll with the punches category too. I call it, well, I call it medical. I put in $200 a month for medical. Do I spend $200 every month on medical expenses? No. Sometimes I spend $300, though. I want to have that money in there. And rule number four is age your money. That is, how long is your money in your account, your checking account, before you actually spend it? Are you paying last month's bills when you get paid? Are you paying this month's bills when you get paid? Or is the money you make this month going to be paying bills you get six months from now. So age your money. All right. Hey, takeaways. Great literature is more than a great story. Two, just because we're teachers doesn't mean we're destined to be poor. Oh, I can't. I already talked about that a lot, and I, and I, and I mean that. So if you're a struggling teacher right now, if you're struggling financially, the first thing you need to do before you even budget, before you create a budget, which is takeaway number three, create a budget and stick to it. Before you create a budget, you need to decide that your destiny is not to be a broke, stressed out teacher who quits in five years. We don't need that. You know, the, the number of teachers who quit within the first five years of teaching is astounding. Now, part of it is some people get into the profession and just don't like it. I understand that. You get in year two, year three, you hate your job. You want to find a new career? Hey, I get that. But a lot of it is, a lot of teachers are so stressed out financially, feel they're working too much for not enough money that they just quit. I don't blame them. That's why you got to get over the mindset. We need financially prosperous teachers. Now, you may not f prosper financially solely through teaching you may want to get a side job. You know, a lot of teachers get, I don't, I don't mean like tending bar side jobs. I mean, side businesses, whatever way, whatever way. So uh, get rid of that mindset that you're destined to be poor just because you're a teacher, because it's not true. It is not true. This was supposed to seriously be like a five-minute podcast episode. 
but it's something I feel so strongly about that it went way longer than I thought. Anyhow, if you want more stuff from me at elacommoncorelessonplans.com, plenty of lesson plans there, plenty of free lesson plans, by the way. And there's also some uh, premium stuff that uh, will cost, costs a little bit of money. But again, uh, if you have your learning, if you have your budget filled out, make sure you put a couple million dollars for elacommoncore.lessonplans.com. That's all I'm asking. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA Podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to elacommoncorelessonplans.com. That's elacommoncorelessonplans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review. 